performances, great coaching, a great game. Hi, my name is George, an avid gooner from South Africa, and this is the Overthinking Arsenal podcast. What a game we had against Man United, a 2-0 win, uh, Pepe slotting in at the 8th minute, and Papas, Papastopoulos, Socrates coming in in the 42nd minute and making it 2-0. So, uh, we set up in a 4-3-3. Leno, Papas, Louise, uh, Kolasinac, Maitland-Niles, Torreira, Shaka, Ozil, uh, Nicolas Pepe on the right, uh, Bamiyamong on the left, and Lacazette at the front. Three subs were made, Reese Nelson, Gwenduzi, and Saka coming on later in the match. Like I said earlier, it was a very good match. Um, we we pretty much controlled that match from beginning to end. Uh, certain people who tend to treat the Emirates as a dance floor uh, found themselves in the pockets of one such Louise. And we kept them quiet the whole match. They didn't really have much impetus going into the match, going into the first half, ending the first half. And as we got into the second half, yeah, uh, we we dominated. We we sat back a bit more, a lot to do with fatigue, but it was a great match. Um, the football we saw against Chelsea, the football we started to see against Bournemouth, was really taken to the next level. Uh, we scored early, which is something that we really do need, and we consolidated. I said in the last podcast that we really did need three points, and we got the three points at the end of the day. Um, we need to start accumulating more of them because we are in a precarious. Uh, position you know just a couple of weeks ago it looked like um, this season was going to be very long and it looked like we didn't have much time left to do anything suddenly Arteta's come in and it's looking a bit rosier Um, I I was speaking to my girlfriend earlier and I was like look it does there's a really long season ahead Uh, we've got just about half the season left which a couple of months ago a month ago um, when Emery was still here. It seemed like the season was done. It seemed like we were in a relegation battle. It seems like we were in a fight for our lives uh, kind of death match uh, where every match was kind of our last chance. And this time he turned it around. Um, I still like what he said. Apparently he switched things up at training. The players look happy. Um, Louise and... Uh, Socrates had a had an had a after match interview where they sounded very happy. He spoke about how um, you'd much rather sleep with four hours happy than six hours unhappy. So Socrates, uh, Louis spoke about how they they they're buying in, they're happier. Uh, all in all, it looks like there's a, there's a turnaround happening. Um, I didn't think Arteta would turn around this quickly. I had my doubts, as everybody would know. But look. For somebody who was an unknown quantity, he's come in and really uh, reinvigorated the boys, uh, reinvigorated the fans too. I love how he's so focused on making sure that we remember that the fans are very important. See, being a fan is very hard, but it's very easy to please us. Get the three points, show us a good performance, and we'll love you. Uh, should it go the other way, it gets a bit harder to please us. Arsenal fans historically have been very, very very lenient uh but up to this point look he's doing well uh nobody can fault him for that nobody wants to jinx it nobody wants to look too far into the future i love the things that he's saying i also love the fact that he's honest 
Uh, he's come out and said that the players were fatigued, uh, playing the way that he wants them to play, playing with the intensity that, intensity that they have to play with, the press, all that really does take its toll. And unlike the Chelsea match, this time we came in and really controlled our energy. Um, we kept our energy levels high, but not to the point of burnout. And in the second half, you could see that they were relaxing a little, um, taking a bit of a breath, managing the game. They weren't chasing. Uh, in terms of the Chelsea match, what we saw happening was that the spaces got too big. Um, at the end of that match, the spaces got too big and we were chasing players around. We were still attacking with the same uh, veracity, but it, it seemed as though um, this time we slowed down, we realized that we're unfit, we realized that uh, we, need to, we need to keep it together towards the end of the match. We didn't want a repeat of the Chelsea match where we played really good for 80 minutes, but then in the last 10 minutes we lost it. So it was very good to see the boys come out and play. Um, in terms of the boys, Leno had a good game, another clean sheet, uh, finally getting what he deserved. We've said for a very long time that Leno is, is possibly our best player this season um, outside of Aubameyang, I guess, but he saved us a lot, a lot of rounds. And it's, it's really good to see him get a clean sheet. Uh, I think he had an average game. He wasn't really tested that much, um, but like I said, after, after last week's blunder, he did well. Um, we're starting to see Maitland Niles really get comfortable. Uh, whatever Arteta's doing, whatever he's doing, whatever his tactics are, um, whatever he's been telling them, it's been working out. We're seeing that the inverted right back uh, position is really suiting Maitland Niles. It's kind of like a best of both worlds because we know he doesn't want to be there. We know he doesn't want to be a right back. Uh, we know that he's only playing there because Bayerin's out and we know that he's had chances within the central mid position where he wasn't really performing um at this point we question all the performances in saying that was it the player or maybe it was emery i i think it's more of the latter but we do give them some of the uh we have to give them a slice of the blame but look he's come back he's playing very well in that inverted right back um He's really showing that he's going to own that position. On the other side, Kleznach, a very mercurial player, up and down, but he played very well. Um, what he did on that wing, it, it's 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 working very well. Uh, the whole putting pushing him up and making Shaka drop into the left back into like a a make back pseudo left back uh, is really helping. Uh, I think. Daniel James's inexperience showed so we could see that he didn't know what to do in this situation uh, Obviously if you track Kolasinac, Wan-Bissaka has to face uh, Kolasinac and Aubameyang So if you follow him, uh, you have to pick between him and Shaka And if Shaka has more time, he gets to spray the ball around And it helps that you've got a lead, it helps that you score in the 8th minute in order to make sure that um, Man United are always chasing and they're never comfortable sitting back. Um, Socrates, again, uh, he had a good game. Master of the Dark Arts. I think he's very strong. I think he's very uh, good when he's got somebody next to him that can direct him. I think whatever directions that Arteta's giving them is very... Um, is very beneficial to him because uh again clean sheet 
whenever there's a clean sheet you look at your defense and you clap your hands because they've done a good job um in terms of his partner david david louise he's really coming into the leadership he's really realizing that he's a senior player again is probably something that uh arteta has pulled the sort of older players aside and let them know that you guys have to lead the club because in his post-match uh, interview he did say that, uh, he said two words that, that let me know uh, that he's been told to be the leader he said the kids are coming along very well and they're learning how to play amazing coming from somebody who wasn't a really good defender just a couple of weeks ago uh, but you can see that now he's taken the leadership role he understands that he's a senior player so you can see him on the field directing people uh, he spoke more than usual or it seemed from where we could see on the screen that he was speaking a lot more than usual and th- the other really cool thing just as an aside what what Ateta is really doing very well is that it seems like the team is together uh, after Leno had that howler of a match last week they came out onto his social media, onto his Twitter, onto his Instagram to come out and say, lift your head up, boy. Um, know that we've got your back. It's really good to see. I saw him on one of Man United's attacks down the right. I uh, can't remember the exact minute, but somebody lost the ball on the wing and everybody tracked back and I think they won it back or they forced Man United to kick it out and they actually clapped for them. Uh, these are small things that you do as a team. Look, I haven't played professional football. I haven't played professional sports. But I've been a part of a couple of um, successful uh, high school teams. League winning under 17 teams, if I may say may, may say so myself. Uh, a lot of y'all may not have heard of us, but we, we were a big deal. <laughs> so um, in those teams, regardless of what it is at work, regardless of what it is uh, on the field, what sport it is, it's very good to see people clapping hands for each other, um, lifting each other up, directing each other. Like I said, all the teams that I've been on uh, that were successful were loud teams, were personality teams, were teams that knew how to speak to each other when we were down, speak to each other when we've made a mistake, um, how to lift each other up. And also just during the match, giving that constant encouragement. Um, it's not always going to be perfect, but it's always nice to give an effort and get and get applauded you know um, and get noticed it makes you want to do more and i think it's something that uh arteta has put in and and they're more of a team it's i remember lebron james speaking about this uh at the lakers apparently he forced them so when your teammate is down you have to come in and lift him up uh nobody else is going to help him nobody else is going to come in and direct that as a team if your team if your teammate is down two of them will come over and lift him up he tells them specifically he told them specifically that lie down and wait for your team to come get you so it's very good to see our senior players really leading this um Torreira was immense again in that defensive midfield position his rightful position uh i don't know what he was doing in number 10 under emery but this is his rightful position it's very cool to watch the team be compact because it means that he doesn't have to run from big box to halfway line all the time to try to close down everybody that runs in because they're more contact compact he there's less spaces for him to have to cover which means that he can do more um winning balls back which is which was amazing uh he's like i said in previous podcasts he's a terrier 
uh, he's a uh, nip at your heels for the whole match and he harries them which is amazing I, I, I love watching him uh, he's the defensive midfielder that we've been asking for for a very long time just that he wasn't played well uh, in terms of winning balls back uh, my boy Masut Ozil coming into his own won the ball back more than any other Arsenal player 10 times to be exact what? Lazy Masut? The guy who was benched for a good season? The guy who was called lazy? The guy who was compared to De Bruyne? The guy who wasn't a modern day footballer according to a lot of people? Who was past his prime? Who was over the hill? This is what we've been saying about Masut for the whole time. He's a generational talent. There's a reason why you build teams around guys who are generational talent. They don't come around a lot and you need to make sure that they shine. One very important key thing that Arteta has said in the past is that you got to look at your players. You need to maximize strengths and lessen weaknesses. We know Mesut Ozil is not a good tackler. We know he may not have the engine to go for a full match. We know that his strength is not coming back so there's no point in forcing him to do that. The more you force him to do that, the more he's going to get wrong, the more he's, his mess-ups are going to influence somebody else's mess-ups, are going to put somebody else in a tough position. you got to look at this as a team. Man City is coached as a team. Liverpool are coached as a team. Everybody knows their job with it within the squad, and each of their jobs fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. If one person is running out on the other wing, doing what they want to do, it's not going to work out. James Milner, Wijnaldum, Chamberlain, whoever plays in that midfield, they know that our job is to be the heart of the midfield to win what we can. Salah is not expected to come all the way back, but he's expected to do what he needs to do in his quadrant to keep pressure. Firmino is, is, is asked to drop back and be the creative impetus. Everybody knows what they need to do. And this is what was missing. Two, it's so easy to scapegoat certain players. It's so easy to look at guys and say they're lazy. It's so easy to say that they must just run more. Running more doesn't solve problems. Running more with a bit of instruction behind it. That's where, you, that's where you're looking to be. That's where Torreira shines. That's where Ozil shines. If you look at how they're stationed, Ozil doesn't drift too much to the left. They try to overload the right-hand side because you've got Maitland-Niles, you've got Ozil, you've got Nelson or Pepe, whoever's playing on the right. Usually skillful players, usually players that don't lose the ball much. Uh, usually players that can move around in small spaces, control the ball in small spaces. So they play to their strengths. On the other side, Aubameyang is playing wing. Not necessarily where I'd want to put him, but in Arteta's system, he's not a wing. He's a second striker. He comes inside. Whoever's playing left back bombs past him. Psycho Kalazanac. Um, Shaka drops into that little pseudo left back role. And now you've got a front two uh, from a 4-3-3. This is all coaching. This is all tactics. This is all looking at your players and saying, realistically, this is what we need to do to have everybody on board. I've spoken about Ozil. Now we move on to Aubameyang, still committed as ever, captain's performances, he runs more than he's, he's ever ran before, he covers, he harries, 
Um, obviously, the attacks mostly flow from the from the right hand side, or at least most of the hold up attacking is from the right hand side. On the left hand side, it's more for Klasnash to cross. Again, he's looked at the team Arteta now, and he's seen that Oba is not a very good possession footballer. I've seen him a few times try to take on players. It's cringeworthy. He's a finisher. He needs to somehow end up into the box in, in the box. But we need to be able to create space for Lacazette. So what does he do? Push him in to, to keep one Bissaka busy. Uh, one Bissaka has to choose between him and Klazanac. James has to choose between Klazanac and Shaka. Now we've got a game. Now we've got tactics. Now we've got a setup. He did very well. Um, he didn't score a goal he didn't do his usual dances but again captain's performance um, they seem very happy they seem to be supporting each other it's very good Lacazette his, his strike partner air quotes wonderful hold up play uh, he's back to being he's, he's closer to being the Lacazette that we knew he's just a tad bit slower in terms of turning around and shooting and scoring but let me tell you up against the most expensive defender ever he made him look ordinary turned him a few times outmuscled him quite quite a few times that's what a classic center forward does um, I've always said that Lacazette is very close to Aguero not in this system in this system he looks like a Drogba um, his job is to hold up that ball win the ball He's not the tallest player, he's not the, the strongest player, but he knows how to work his body into positions that you just can't get past him. That's it. Um, Maguire had one hell of a game. He didn't know what to do. It was a nightmare. Well done, Lekker. He did what he did. Last but not least, the man on the right, Nicolas Pepe. I've been waiting for him to play for a very long time. You see... Pepe and Ozil have a unique ability. If you watch them, they hardly ever lose the ball. Uh, they're very quick on and light on their feet. And generally, defenders don't know what to do. They get scared. Luke Shaw was... Huh, yeah, he was decimated a few times. Uh, Pepe played the way that he plays. Obviously, he's a stronger transitional player. He's a stronger counter-attacking player. But I'll caveat that by saying, caveat that by saying that with the ball at his feet, with a defender in front of him, with a defender behind him, with a defender around him, he knows how to get the ball somehow past this man. That's what we need. Him and Ozil look very good. I think Reese Nelson is a very good energy player. He comes in and he tires defenders out. But in terms of keeping the ball, in terms of moving forward when there's no space. So non-transitional play, non-counter-attacking play. When the team, when the other team has come all the way back to their box and they're ready for you. You need players that can give you one or two moments. Because what was happening is that because Pepe is so good at dribbling, when he traps the ball on the right wing, obviously Shaw comes in, but now they're scared. So somebody else has to come and help him. Uh, I think it was Fred. And if I can eliminate one, this is what Ozil does very well from the center. If I can eliminate one, then it drags somebody else out of position. When Shaw is turned, a center back has to run out. 
And if a center back has to run out, we've got Aubameyang and Lacazette right behind him. Then you've got to worry about Klasnach on the other side. So it's very good that outside of just the passing and tiki-taka and the wonderful, uh, simple passing, very Pep-like, you need to have players that can trap the ball and take on other players and, you know, um, take out a couple of people. Just one, just two, because that, that warps the shape of the other team. And they did that very well. Um, I think, again, the Emirates was buzzing. I was buzzing on my couch. Um, slowly but surely, Arteta's going to work out that feeling that I have when we're leading and it's now in the second half, the 60th minute, and we're not sure what's going to happen. Uh, we sat back for a bit of that match, but I think it was sitting back in terms of uh, preserving what we needed. I'm still not completely comfortable because when we sit back like that, we still need to have danger on the counter. We still need to have some sort of fear associated to us when we're playing that way. Um, so that the other team doesn't get completely uh, comfortable. So you need to see your Shaws and Wan-Bissakas still sort of unsure whether to come, whether to go, and what to do. Um, in terms of now, yes, we've got the front foot, but you need to know at any point they could break on you like that. Um, so it was good. They're learning. A uh, bit of fitness. I think this preseason, I mean, the preseason for next season is going to be focused on fitness. I think they're going to have some time, maybe if an international break or two come up. Um, I think with us being out of the League Cup, uh, we may have a bit more time to set up. I mean, if, if this is what Arteta is capable of three weeks into the job, I wonder what he's going to be doing two months in. I wonder what he's going to be doing uh, at the end of the season, towards the end of the season. I wonder what, what, what next season is going to look like. There's a bit of optimism coming back. Um, I don't want to jump the gun because like I've said before, us as Arsenal fans, we are the most optimistic fans of any fan base. Um, the smallest bit of, of forward movement, the smallest bit of movement is rewarded with uh, applause. I'm glad that we have a coach who's publicly come out and said that he's holding himself to a higher standard. He's holding the players to a higher standard and they're non-negotiables. I hope these non-negotiables are, are translated into the games. I'm liking the fact that he's not talking about uh, top four. I'm liking the fact that he's not talking about Champions League or Europa League. I'm liking the fact that he's taking more of a game-by-game -game approach. Um, he's very calculated in what he's saying. He's very calculated in in not not so much raising expectations um it's it, it's that situation where you see a mountain and you think to yourself uh, i almost swore um you see to yourself you think to yourself damn it that's so high how am i gonna make it there and it becomes a bit of an unbelievable thing but should you just focus on the steps one step at a time in no time you're up there um so i think that's what he's trying to do uh, he knows what type of job is, is ahead of him. He knows that we are top half now, but we were languishing uh, sort of mid-bottom half uh, for a very long time. He knows that uh, there was a lot of clashing. Speaking of which, this Shaka situation. Look, 
what he did and how he acted to me is still unforgivable. We are at a point where we're seeing how good of a player is he is, but for what transpired to transpire the way it did, and for him to act the way he's acted in terms of the transfers and stuff. Personally, I'm not for him. He's a very good player, but I'm not the coach. So if Arteta deems him important to the team, he's important to the team. He just he signed he signed a an extension not so long ago. So look, if Arteta wants him, Arteta wants him. Um, and he's he's showing value in the squad. And if he helps us win, and if he's committed to going out into the field and helping us win, I think it'll be one of those things where. You know, you, you you know when you leave, where when you and a friend of yours have a super acquaintance have a very, a very deeply heated fight, and the next few times you see each other, you just decide to keep the peace and be cordial. I think this is this is the footballing equivalent of being cordial. If he goes out there, if he performs on the pitch, if he if he provides the cover for Saka, for Kalasnich, for whoever, if he if he keeps giving us top tier performances bygones are bygones um, and if he does want to leave in the summer he's welcome to not for 21 million yeah no we need to recruit that 35 he's still under a long-term contract we're not going to be bullied um, so yeah uh, we'll see what happens in January I th- I'm not sure uh, what he's going to do I think he's going to be looking at uh, holding very well very hard um, I mean Socrates is still there, Mustafi is still there, Louise is still there. Uh, there was a rumor that Saliba might be coming back. We don't know. Um, but I mean, if if we can make if we can make a forward-looking signing in January, let's do it. Um, forward-looking, I mean, Opemakano, I mean, Kulibali, which is highly unlikely in January. Um, but I mean, as I said before, big teams need to big team. But in any case, um, then I think he'll be looking at holding to fill in that spot. And uh, Bayern's out. Maitland-Niles is holding it down for now. I don't know if Sack has been looked at as a left back long term, but that's another place where we need to um, strengthen. We're looking at a Shaka replacement, uh, most probably in the summer unless Hearth is willing to come up with 30. Um, but we'll see how it goes. All in all, I'm very happy. All in all, uh, Arteta has lifted us. I can do a happy podcast. I don't have to rant. I don't have to shout. I don't have to scream. I don't have to repeat the same things. You could literally play, uh, I think, episode 6 to like 10 over and over again. And it's, and it's the same problems. Um... I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that the gamble that they took, well, gamble from us, we don't know what was happening inside there, but I'm glad that the gamble they took looks to be working out. And I'm glad that Arteta is is uh, every bit the coach that we needed. He's saying things that I didn't even know we needed. Uh, and it's getting the performances. So, two po- three points versus Man United, a 2 0 drubbing. Lingard off the dance floor. Rashford quiet. I hope Maguire embarrassed. Fred and Fred and Matic, I think, overrun in the center. Very good game. Great performances. Great coaching. 
what more can you ask for see you guys after lunch